Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I'm so excited today to tackle something that's so important in marriage, and that's how do we show the fruit of the Spirit in our marriage? You know, such a key concept and opportunity within our marriage. We always think of showing fruit in our spiritual life individually, but showing up like that in our marriage is important. Yeah. And and I know over the years, you know, each one of us in our own walk with the Lord as we pray, God, grow me, you know, and as we've looked at the fruits of the Spirit you know, there's been times where we focused on different aspects of mm-hmm. that. Like I was thinking about um, one of those fruits of the spirit is patience. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a phrase that's used at least 14 times throughout the scriptures, and that's be slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And slow to anger really is about patience, but it's patience with difficult people. Mm. <laughs> and so what are you saying? I'm saying that that, <laughs> that God has really helped you develop that patience as you've dealt with me as a difficult person. But I remember one time, you know, you and I were, were cooking together and we were using, you know, some of the, the things that were passed on to you from your mom or even mm. your grandmother. And you you had this, like, literally this glass lid that had to have been, you know, like 50 years old that that was passed down to you. So we're cooking something um, and using that. So I take that glass lid over to the sink. Mm -hmm. I was just going to leave it there. And as I started to do that, you kind of went, hey, whoa, don't. Don't run cold water over that lid. And I'm thinking, I am an adult. <laughs> I know that. I and and then I did something else, came back and was gonna wash something else that I was gonna clean up mm-hmm. and ran cold water and it ended up hitting the lid and that thing exploded mm-hmm. into millions of little pieces of glass and shot everywhere all over me. Um, literally, I thought you know someone was shooting at us, you know, from outside. Yeah. Is how loud it was, and and you know, as I think back to that, what I really appreciated was that that, that you demonstrated patience. Mm. You were slow to anger. You were patient with me. You told me not to run water over it. I don't think I meant to, but I did, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ended up destroying, a, you know, an heirloom yeah, in many yeah. ways. Well, I think of all the times I've called you, and I, I think of, oh gosh, a couple of years ago, I was cleaning out the refrigerator, and I took a, a cold shelf from the refrigerator into the sink because <laughs> I needed to scrub it. I remember and this. I ran hot water on that, and that thing exploded. And it that was <laughs> that was a large explosion. But We're I remember not good calling with glass you objects in our sink. No, is the bottom. I line. remember calling you and going, "I don't. Where do we get a new um, shelf for our refrigerator?" And I also was like, "We need to call the plumber because the glass got down That's into right. the garbage disposal, yeah. and now it won't run." Yeah. And you are so good because even like something like that or times that I've accidentally wrecked a car, <laughs> backed into something is is my typical <laughs> MO. You never shame me. You're always very patient and kind. And it's so funny when something goes the other direction, you know, I initially want to jump and, you know, get yeah. angry. Because well, it's frustrating. Yeah, and, but yeah. I but I remember those times that you showed so much grace to me, patience and kindness 
and gentleness with me and miss making a very large mistake. It's that, all you know, could be pricey. It's all self-serving. Yeah. I just I, I, w- I want to not be you know, <laughs> screamed at when shamed. you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it goes both directions, yeah. but it it really is looking at when we choose to show up with any of these fruits of the spirit. Um, that we influence the overall environment of our marriage. We're modeling what a what we're called to, but b what we want to see in the relationship. So we have great influence yeah. based on how we show up. Yeah, and you know, studying the fruits of the spirit, looking at that list. That's all about growing. You know, more like Christ, really displaying those things that that He displayed. And, and we love that idea of just of being growth-minded mm-hmm. and really going personally, how do I need to keep growing? Fruits of the Spirit's a great way, but even relationally. And one of the best ways that we encourage couples to keep growing in their marriage is to take our marriage assessment. Mm-hmm. It's free. And what it's going to do is it's going to show you where you're strong. And you, we all have strengths within our relationship. Even if you're in a hard season, you're like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, you do. And so it's going to show those strengths, but it's also going to show some areas where you guys can grow together as a couple. And so we'll put the link to this free assessment here in our show notes. And we've got some great segments coming up. We're really going to be focused on these fruits of the Spirit. So later on, Aaron and I are going to give some practical tips for couples wanting to encourage their spouse to grow spiritually and show the fruits of the Spirit. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she overcome the retroactive jealousy in her marriage? Mm. But first, we had a great conversation with Tavares and Safa Gray about how important the fruit of the Spirit is in a relationship. They're authors and podcasters with some amazing thoughts to share. So let's listen to the conversation we had with Tavares and Safa. Tavares, you there was a concept that we read in your book that we loved. It's called the fruit inspectors. So when it comes to really choosing, you know, who we're gonna marry or who we're gonna date, that that we wanna learn how to how to really be fruit inspectors. So kind of explain that analogy for us. Yeah, I know initially when I wrote that, someone was gonna go and say, Yeah, this guy's judging me, you know, but <laughs> it's really not the case. We all know what it means to go in a grocery store. You assumed what you picked up was good. I just went in the grocery store, bought some fruit this morning, and then you think your bag of apples is great, and then you turn, and there's one on the back that looks homeless, that it should not be in the bag with the rest of them. You know, And unfortunately, that's how we are when we pick our relationships. We see everything at face value and think, perfect. And then you see a side of them, and you're just like, whoa, I, I didn't sign up for that. But no, you did. Because that's what a relationship is calling you to. It's calling you into commitment, which is why we tell people, pay attention to the fruit. It's not a church attendance thing. You can go mm-hmm. to church every single service and still not have it figured out. It's not a matter of how much money they make. They can have six figures, seven figures, whatever, and still not have right. certain things mm-hmm. um, under control that, that is necessary for a relationship to work. You know, So I try to tell people, be a fruit inspector. How, when was the last time you saw them angry? And don't get me wrong, if you see them angry all the time, that's that's also an issue. But how did For you sure. see them navigate that? How did you see them, you know, when things weren't going well in their life? Did they still show patience, you know, when they were really upset? Did they still show that they're faithful to God when they lost the job? Mm-hmm. And were they faithful to God 
when they got the promotion, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, pay attention to the lifestyle. Cause a lot of times if we're being honest, we were attracted to them. We knew they loved God. That's all we needed. You know, you never paid attention to the character. You never paid attention to family issues that were very evident and they never sought help about it. You know, so you have to pay attention to all of the, the aspects that comes into play. And it's not just with their lives, but it's with ours as well. Because many of us, we have our issues and we work on so many and we neglect some. But like David said, search me and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked ways in me and lead me in a way everlasting. You know, so David knew there's some secret areas in my heart that just aren't right. You know, mm -hmm. maybe none of us would have known about any lust issue if we never saw David being lazy and not being at war where he should have been and end up seeing someone he shouldn't have seen. So we didn't even know he had this issue until a day when he was relaxed, a day when he was out of place. So are you paying attention to their lifestyle and pay attention to different seasons and how they're behaving, not just the beauty, not just the things that, you know, and, and it's not that the looks wouldn't matter, but we have to also understand what Proverbs tells us that, you know, beauty is fleeting, you know, and it's mm -hmm. possible that we can choose an unhealthy relationship because they were attractive. And mm -hmm. if all you're worried about is your Instagram aesthetic, then hey, go ahead, have fun. But if you want a kingdom honoring relationship, it's you have to pay attention to their lifestyle. For sure, I'm smiling because after 31 years, yes, <laughs> things change physically and the yeah. beauty changes. Why are you looking at me and smiling oh, and wow. saying that? <laughs> I, I think that's called, I have a still have a six pack. It uh, might be inside of a yes, cooler I now, did. but it's, I think that's know. called projection. <laughs> I was simply looking at you. I wasn't pointing a finger at you. But you guys, you would have seen the judgment there. You know what I mean. No, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> What would you guys say, so Safa, maybe you could jump in on this um, to start. How can someone encourage their spouse? So we're talking about these married couples. How can someone encourage their spouse who maybe isn't showing fruits of the Spirit? How can, what do they do? How do they show up without showing up judgmental or critical? I think number one is make sure you are showing the fruits of this yourself, yeah. you know, because <laughs> it's so easy to tell people, you know, hey, you need to you need to be doing this or you need to, but if you're not doing it, I think the, the best way is to live by example. Mm. And so for me, that is how it is with me and Tavares. Like, you know, he's very much so a go-getter. He's very, um, you know, if he, if he wants to do something, he goes for it. Nursing school, whatever it may be, that's how he is. And a lot of times he encourages me to do it too. But because I see him living that, because I see him doing it, I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I can, and, and you have to be a person who is willing to be, um, to take instruction as well, because mm -hmm. there are some relationships out there where your spouse says, Hey, I, you know, I think, you know, you need to do a little bit better in this area. I love what you're doing so far, but if you were to do this, I think it would bring you here or mm -hmm. bring us here. And that's a problem. You know, you, you're like, what do you mean? Am I not enough? Or you, but you have to have a mentality where you are okay with taking instruction because you understand that this person loves you and they want to grow with you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think just, you know, having that spouse lead by example um, and also just to find a, a, a good way of saying it, not coming off, like you said, judgmental, like, oh, I'm doing this. Why aren't you doing it? Mm -hmm. um, but just saying, hey, I realize you are trying, you know, bring out all the good things about that person, all the things that you do see them doing right and mm -hmm. say, but I think this would make us better. I think this would make you better if you were to. And I think it's, it's sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think that that is a big part of it. And just 
and just being that example. Hmm. Totally. It's so powerful because we do have so much influence in our relationship. And I think so often we, you know, we forget that. We forget that Mm -hmm. based on how we show up, based on what we're doing, that we can influence the connection and either influence it for good or for negative. Well, because it's tricky. I mean, Mm -hmm. anytime we venture into our spouse's yard Mm -hmm. to give them feedback or to, you know, to point something out, even as we encourage them, even as we're modeling and noticing what we're doing, yeah, you're right. It's still tricky, and that's why we we so appreciate that. We well, better make sure you're you're modeling these things first and foremost. In Tavars, we love how you guys use the story of Esther in your book. So, talk about you know what does that story really teach us about relationships? I think that story, the way I view it, it teaches you that you're not in relationships just for for you, you know. And I view it as though. God play when you're in a God honoring relationship, you know, I believe he places you in a relationship with a kingdom agenda in mind, because if she's not in that relationship, we know that God's people are going to be killed. Initially, when this relationship starts, we don't see the whole plan, but Esther comes to the realization, oh, maybe I was born for this very reason. Maybe this is why God brought me to the kingdom, you know, and that shows Mm -hmm. me, whereas I think two of the biggest aspects you know, a lot of times we think about winning the world, evangelizing to the lost, being a missionary in foreign countries. We think about those things, but a lot of times we don't think about evangelizing in our very homes, right. you know? And I think that, you know, that connection showed that there was a protection over God's people. And I think when you're in a, a good relationship, you're discipling your children first and foremost, and then you're discipling, you know, the people that are around you, whether your church or your community, things like that. And I, I, I view it as though, God places you in that for a kingdom agenda, whereas because of your influence, because you're in this connection, I've given you a certain level of influence or people that you are now called to protect. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it is just my mindset, whereas when I was trying to figure out who to date, okay, I think she's spiritual, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I know she's good looking, but I don't know if there's anything to, you know, but I right. want to attract to my wife and I know she's spiritual. And I know all these great characteristics about it. So I'm like, this is great. And it really was a question for me, like, so who do I choose? Because in my head, I know what I'm called to do. You know, I know I've been feeling before I'm 10 years old. Well, God, I know you're going to use me to preach and teach, you know, around the world. You know, my my vision was God used me to preach to the nations. I had no idea. Godly day would have been part of that. I just viewed it as though I'd be on a pulpit somewhere in Africa. You know, I don't know how this would play out, but in my head, I was like, I can't just marry just anyone, you know? And now, so I, I have to find a wife that's going to help me in ministry, help me stay, you know, in God's presence, you know, someone that encourages me to do the will of God. So I couldn't have just married anyone. And now I have a spouse that you view it as though now when it's writing a book, maybe this is why God brought us together for this very reason. Or when you have a, a ability to speak to a congregation full of young adults and they invite us to speak at an event or things like that. Now I'm realizing having this spouse with me, oh, this is why God brought them into my life, because I want to be able to handle this if I just married just anyone who was available, or mm-hmm. I want to be able to do certain things but if I was married to someone else. So God's people would have been destroyed if Esther wasn't with the king. And we see that when God brings you into a certain relationship, he wants you to have influence for his will to come to pass. He wants you to protect his people. He wants you to push his agenda. And that only happens 
when you're in a committed relationship with two people who are willing to have God's will come to pass. And I so appreciate Tavares and Safa and just their humility. You know, mm-hmm. through, through we, we're, we're really showing just a, a glimpse of the interview that we had with him. And I tell you that the entire time, they're just so humble and they're so willing to be honest. And this is what's going on in our marriage. And because the fruits of the Spirit, I mean, this is a tough conversation. You know, often when I hear someone talk about the fruits of the Spirit, I instantly start to feel guilty like, what are those again? And uh-huh. am I doing those? And, you know, now I need to, you know, figure out yeah. in my life what I need to improve on. Well, and typically when we think of the fruits of the Spirit in marriage, we're going to want to focus on the other person right. first right. to go, oh, they're not displaying these things. But it's so important that we, you know, kind of take the mirror and focus it on us. Look yeah. in the mirror and see how are we showing up? Are we displaying the fruits of the Spirit? Because it has a great impact on the relationship. It does. And l- let's talk about that. So let's maybe go through a few of these fruits of the Spirit and talk about as we work on them, grow in those areas. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that really impact a marriage? Well, you think about love. Love could encompass so many areas within a marriage. You took the best one. Oh, well, you I could know, have taken self-control. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is, is love. love. So way to go. But you think about it. love. That So often when we want to confront our spouse about some a poor behavior, something that's impacting us, we'll go to them in a harsh manner or in the middle of conflict, we'll be like, ah, there you, you're doing it again. And da, da, da. And bottom line, it says to speak the truth in love. And when we're displaying love, it is kind, it is gentle, it is soft. Um, it is really focusing on, I want to share this with you to grow our relationship. And I want to share it in a way that you can hear me, not with harshness and criticism and defensiveness and anger. Yeah. And I think about just in my own life, it's easy for me to get frustrated, to get irritated because I, you know, I have routine. I know you're shocked. I love my routine. I know. I like things to follow a certain routine, the data lay out in a certain way. And so even for me, like gentleness, when I think about when things don't go the way that I think they should go, Mm -hmm. how am I showing up, you know, within our marriage with you in Mm -hmm. particular in in a gentle way? Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even this morning. We, we agreed to meet, you know, here at Focus at a particular time. And so you called going, ah, it's been one of those mornings. Well, just, our son graduated know, from college last yes. night. I, and, I'm not judging. And my foot got smushed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I broke a toe. Right. Well, I didn't break it. The man in front of me broke my toe when he set his chair down on my toe. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, but, but so within all of that, like, yeah. like talking about it, like th- that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I'm just saying when 
when I think things should happen the way, th- mm-hmm. exactly the way that we agreed on it, uh-huh. or you know, we're we're gonna be here at eight a.m. Yeah, and I was when that close. Y- you were close, and <laughs> again, the point is not that you were late. I think the point is that I was late. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm passive aggressively reprimanding Aaron. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm just saying what I noticed though is when you called, I could feel the irritation. I could feel the oh, now we're yeah. late. It's but gonna... what I will say is I hung up the phone. And I was like, oh, I'm so grateful that I don't have a husband that is harsh with me. I did my best this morning. The cleaning ladies were coming. It's Christmas. We're so far behind because we traveled internationally. And it just, everything is delayed in our home right now. Cleaning ladies are coming because we have company showing up tonight. And so, and I go to see clients right after this. So trying to manage everything. So I call you and say, okay, I'm running late. You may have been irritated inside, but what you communicated to me was gentleness and kindness because I I work with many couples that this is a big area of irritation. One of them is late and one is early um, for everything. And there can be a lot of harsh judgment um, for whoever it is that's different than the other person. And I, I literally hung up the phone and went, oh, I'm so grateful. The last thing I needed this morning was a lecture about why am I late again? And, you know, it wasn't like I was at home watching TV and needed to finish <laughs> the last episode and was, you know, making my avocado toast. No, I was running around that house trying to get everything ready for the cleaning ladies to show up and for our company to show up. So it wasn't about me, but I could, it would have been fair for you to have gone, you should have planned your time more effectively. I got out of bed early even, and I was still five minutes late. Well, and that's what's funny about that. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but that's those exact thoughts mm-hmm. were raging through my mind. And that's when I really do believe that's when the spiritual warfare happens. Uh-huh. In my mind, I'm like, I was, I got up, I was here at my desk just because I was behind. So I was here at 6.30 a.m. working, getting ready, Prepping for the day and all that. Mm-hmm. Why can't she? But, but that's what I'm saying. I was up at six a.m. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and, you were taking care of things here. I was taking care of things right. at home. <laughs> and, and the point is that that it's in those moments where that that, that I want to go to the Lord and just go, God, help me to to be gentle, mm-hmm. because I know all that's true. But in those moments, if things don't lay out or work out the way that I hoped or expected that they would. It's easy for me to lose sight of that. So totally. so that totally. that's all I was trying to say yeah. is that I, I'm great that you were late. It's not a big deal. Were you? I, I'm saying, but <laughs> that... You that, communicated. Those are the places I yes. have to keep working but on. But it's totally yeah. appropriate. You know, if you're listening going, well, my spouse is always late. It's okay to communicate in love. Right. Hey, can we work on this? Can you work on this? It's impacting me in a negative way. Every time we're going somewhere, you're late. And that's hard for me. I can't control you, and I love you. Um, but can can you work on this? And I would totally receive that feedback, and I have been working on that. So I'm speaking to myself as I'm (laughs) saying that. But one of the things, too, that I see I have been very intentional with in my individual growth is self-control. 
Um, I came from a family that anger was the common norm when you had a conversation. You know, you screamed, you yelled, you got it all out on the table, and then you walked away, and it was all good. Um, So I entered into marriage thinking that that was healthy communication. And I've learned and grown so much over 31 years because I I honestly, it is a rare day that I lose my temper now um, versus when we first got married. And I'm so grateful. Um, I sit with people all the time that are struggling with anger. And it's, it's not common for someone who is getting angry to go, I love myself when I'm angry, when I'm screaming and raging, that's my best self. It's my best day. And so often, you know, they're beating themselves up for the anger I did. And so just knowing that that is something that the Holy Spirit can grow you in. Yeah, and I've seen that. You're absolutely 100% right. Recently, talking with our kids, it was just such such a great moment when we were asking them, who gets angry more, dad or mom? And both Garrison and Annie looked at me and they said, Mom, you never get angry. I was like, oh, my word. That is like the best thing to hear. But it is also... You mean the answer was me? I lost that one? You did. Ah, <laughs> you know, I have to work on the, self-control. Just to encourage anyone listening that any of these fruits of the Spirit you can grow in. Just be intentional about it. Reflect on it. You know, and how am I not showing it? And how do I want to show it? And then pray. I will tell you, self-control is something I prayed about a lot. And when I didn't display it, I would immediately go back and clean it up. And that's what I, I say. If you don't show love, if you don't show kindness, gentleness, self-control, go back and seek forgiveness and commit to growth, commit to working on it. Yeah. So we, Aaron and I would just encourage you, I mean, make this super practical, just, you know, go and Google fruits of the spirit, get that list Mm -hmm. and then just sit together as a couple, maybe do this over dinner or go on a little walk together, whatever. And just talk about each one of those fruits of the spirit and how when we are operating within those, how does that really benefit our marriage? And if you know, if you're brave enough, you just go. You know, and the one that I really want to work on is this one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, you know, honey, what do you think I need to work on? You could, but you can always just go. And this is the one for the season that I'm really focused on. Mm-hmm. Well, again, so do that little activity if you want to go even deeper on the fruits of the spirit together we have a great article written by bill arbuckle he's a part of the marriage team and it has some great scripture and talking points that you and your spouse can go through together yes and all the details will be in the show notes so greg what do we do when our spouse is not modeling these fruits of the spirit and it's bothering us. And, you know, how do we bring it up? How do we address it without really getting up in their business? Again, this feels rather passive aggressive. Yes, if, Greg, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to share something with me. Now I'm going to explain exactly how to do that. Cool. Okay. In a way that you can hear me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say then, first and foremost, you need to be modeling that behavior <laughs> that you want to so point out. So it's the out. mirror concept, whatever you're <laughs> noticing in your spouse, i.e. Greg, um, then, uh, you know, holding the mirror up and going, am I displaying yeah 
what I'm wanting. Yeah. Well, and again, all joking aside, yeah, when we when we see something that we don't like and we want to give our spouse that feedback, I mean, th- th- this is something that needs to be really thought through. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, holding the mirror, as you said, that's a great thing because if you're not modeling it, mm-hmm. if I'm not modeling it, then why am I even talking to you about it? Mm-hmm. But then I think I it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it's taking... Whatever the concern or whatever I think that the feedback that I want to give you, that's got to go to the Lord then. Mm-hmm. Because it, it'd be long before I go and share something with you. I need to check that out because what I'm really trying to understand is of the feedback, what is my stuff versus maybe what the Lord is trying to teach you maybe through me. Mm-hmm. And, and I love Proverbs 19.11. And it says, a person's wisdom yields patience, and it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. And if you dig into that verse, um, a person's wisdom, see, what, what I'm looking for is I'm trying to go, God, help me discern here between, is Aaron missing your mark? Or is she simply missing my mark? Mm. So is is she violating something that you've laid out in your scripture mm-hmm. that I should be confronting versus, wow, this is just my own expectations and mm-hmm. my own desire, and this is how I think she should be behaving? It be, because it's very, very different. It is. And that's the wisdom that we're really looking for. That's why am I modeling it? And now, mm-hmm. God, give me that wisdom and insight to understand, is this about my stuff, or is this something mm-hmm. really that you want me to share with my wife? Yes. And I will often use the example of um, your next-door neighbor. Our neighbors put in rocks for their landscaping next door, and personally, I hate rocks. And I would prefer them to have grass. So it'd be like me going into their yard one early morning and pulling their rocks out and laying sod. And, you know, they would come out and they would be like, what are you doing? Why are you managing our yard and redoing our front yard? You wouldn't like that. No, but it's my preference and I'm the one looking at it and I don't like it. And they'd be like, get out of our yard. But if the yard, if their rocks were impacting me, there's a way to say to them, hey, so I noticed you put rocks in and, you know, my preference is I don't like rocks, but that's besides the point. What's happening is because you put rocks in, I am getting flooding in my yard as a result of those rocks. And it's the same thing with our spouse. We can offer feedback to our spouse using I statements. You know, when you did this, I felt or I experienced. And what I'd like to request is this. So it's a whole different conversation um, that we can have with our spouse when we're focusing on the impact of whatever is going on over in their yard, whether it be rocks or sod <laughs> or grass, it is impacting us. And it's it's really focusing on this is how I'm being impacted. And yeah. I'd like to request this. Yeah. It's not demanding. It's not forcing. This is my also my preference. It's impacting me negatively. But how can we work through this together? Yeah. One, it makes me want to better understand what is it with rocks in you? Like what <laughs> what, what is the deep-seated issue that around desert rocks? landscaping. We both grew up <laughs> in true. the in desert. Yeah. And I so prefer green <laughs> grass and trees now. 
saguaro cactus, just don't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, good, it's good to know. I'll, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Okay, so let's use a real life example. Uh-huh. And as you were talking, something came to my oh, mind. Great. So, so <laughs> there was a time we were driving. I was driving. You were with uh-huh. me in the car, and and I got frustrated with the driver. Oh, and I may have honked. Know. I don't know what I did. So oh, yeah, without you getting honked, into, you swerved, you slammed on your brakes. Without getting into the yeah. details. Oh. <laughs> but in that moment, though, you did want to give me some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I imagine, I, I think what you, you resisted that, you talked to me about it later. So you use that so like well, model. How, how actually, did you come back? In the moment, give, I did try to give you feedback. And of course, that's not going to go well in the moment. Because I honked at you then. Well, both of us were triggered and escalated in, <laughs> in fight or flight. So it's just not going to go well. So I did come back later on. Yeah to say, when you are driving and I'm in the car and you do something you know that I don't consider safe, I don't feel safe. And I'd like to request that when I am in the car with you, that you show up in safe ways when you're driving. Yeah. And if not, I, I probably am not going to be excited to get into the car <laughs> <laughs> with you. But it's, it's all about you know how you say it. Yeah. Well, you even went a step beyond that. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly it made sense, and it was very fair for you to mm-hmm. be able to say, hey, you know, I'm with you in the car, and so how you, how I'm behaving and what I'm yes. doing is definitely going to impact you and mm-hmm. probably wasn't making you feel safe, which that, that's all and fair. our 16-year-old, actually she was probably 14 at that yeah. point, was in the back seat, and I was saying, you know, she's going to drive pretty soon. Right. And you're modeling for her yeah. – how to handle a reckless driver. Yeah. But but the, the feedback beyond that that you gave me mm-hmm. was, and, and I appreciated how you did it. I didn't necessarily like that I had to think about this mm-hmm. then. But you, you said, because Greg, it, it just, I've noticed lately that you seem mm-hmm. to get irritated and frustrated very quickly with drivers. Yes. And you were kind of like, I'm not going to read into that. I'm not your counselor, although you are a very good counselor. Yeah, I'm not your counselor, but maybe that's something that, that you might just want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I appreciate that because kind of like you were saying that that you offered that um, not as a demand, mm-hmm. um, not as a – you have been irritated and frustrated with drivers, which now means blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just said, you know, why don't you take that to the Lord? Why don't you spend some time with that? Yeah. And again, I – Sure, I didn't handle that right because none of us well, like to hear I remember that sort this of conversation, and I remember we tried to have the conversation three times, <laughs> and it did not go well the first two times. So I remember very specifically. <laughs> I have and, no memory of this. And I remember finally the third time we met for lunch and we were in public. And I finally was like, okay, I'm going to be the speaker. You're going to be the listener. And let's try this again because it's important and it's going to impact us. And I just, all I'm asking is that you listen. And you did. And you were able to validate, yes, that makes sense. You're not crazy. Well, as I thought about it, so again, what we're trying to encourage you to do is if you, you won, you're, am I modeling this? Mm-hmm. You know, number two, you know, hopefully you took that to the Lord to go, God, here's my frustration. I'm noticing this about my husband. Yeah. My stuff, your stuff, like, what do big I do? Big deal, little deal. Yeah. And I landed at, it was a big deal. Yeah. It's it's a preference that I stay alive when I'm in the car. Yeah. But then you offered that. Mm-hmm. And again, the part I'm trying to 
to focus on is not the, hey, I'm in the car right. and, and this is what I need yes. to be able to drive with you. Like that was, that's a whole separate discussion. The piece I'm really wanting to focus on is that you said you seem to be frustrated, more frustrated mm-hmm. lately mm-hmm. with drivers. Yes. What's that about? Yes. And so as I really spent some time in thinking about that, um, I recognized that I was just in a very stressful season mm-hmm. in my, and I was, I was taking my stress out and how I was uh-huh. feeling controlled and helpless in some other ways out uh-huh. on drivers that weren't performing, you know, and yeah. going the, the speed, you know, that I yeah. wanted them to go. Yeah. But it, it turned out to be a good conversation. I'm saying the piece that, that we're wanting you to hear is that Erin brought this tentatively. She brought mm-hmm. this going, this is what I notice. You get to decide. You get to decide. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and again, I fought back, but ultimately three landed times. with, yes, three <laughs> times. Thank you. Actually, two times, because the third <laughs> oh, time good. went well. Nice. But but I eventually figured out what was going on mm-hmm. for me, and it ended up to be a great conversation. Yes. And, I've, and, and that helped me, and I was paying yeah. attention yeah. to that. So as you really are trying to give your spouse some feedback, uh-huh. just, again, follow – our encouragement in figure out what this is really about for mm-hmm. you. Spend some time mm-hmm. with the Lord and then go with openness and gentleness and have that discussion. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A. And this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, is our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. And we'll even sign it. So it's like triples the value at a garage sale. Well, today's question comes from Faith, so let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. How do I deal with retroactive jealousy in my marriage? And I'll give you the context because it's not the kind of jealousy you might think. I'm not intimidated by other women. My husband does such a good job of making me feel secure in our relationship. But he did not grow up a Christian, so he has experienced things. Granted, I grew up sheltered in a really tight-knit, private Christian community where adventure wasn't a word we used. So I feel so left out. I'm greatly, greatly intimidated by all the memories he has, by the friends he made along the way. How do I deal with that jealousy? How do I stop living in his past? Because I feel left out of it. Thanks. Hmm. That is such a great question, Faith. And I'm glad you're asking it because I'm guessing there's others out there. It may sound different or maybe around different aspects of their spouse's past, um, but it's important to be asking it. And so you're saying, gosh, my husband grew up much differently than I did, and there's things that he got to experience that I never did, and specifically the adventure portion of it is what I feel jealous of. I feel like I didn't get that. So it makes a lot of sense that you're feeling jealous. So I encourage you to start there. Just acknowledge what you're feeling. You know, it's it's not a sin to acknowledge what you're feeling because often that's the first step towards 
um, feeling something different. We can acknowledge what we're feeling in the moment, but then we can go to our brain and go, okay, now what do I do? And as we do that, our feelings begin to shift. Yeah, in in faith, I know others are, are so grateful for your question because you think about it. We live in this social media world to where we are constantly seeing this special curated you know, glimpses mm-hmm. into someone's life, and it's all the fun things they've done, all the adventures that they've gone on. And so exactly like you're describing, there, there's times where I'm like, oh, you know, I've never gotten to go there. Oh, I wish I could do that. It's very easy mm-hmm. in this day and age to feel that way. And as Aaron's saying, as you acknowledge, yeah, there's some jealousy here without judging that mm-hmm. and just going, like, yeah, I'm feeling that way. Really try to dig in to, as we use this phrase, under the water line. So if you mm-hmm. think about, you know, a, a body of water and maybe a, a ship is, you know, just floating there, you know, you can see the ship, but it's, you know, the, the part of the ship that's under the water line that really we want to pay attention to. And so you talked about, you know, feeling left out, mm-hmm. but keep digging and thinking, you know, okay, yeah, why does this make me feel so jealous? Is it simply because I feel left out or is there something else that's really below well, the waterline? Often in those moments, I'll go, what is it that I'm really wanting? Yeah. Why is this bothering me? And just being curious with myself because there's a desire there somewhere. And so it's getting really clear, Faith, what is the desire in your heart? Because it's so interesting, as as you were talking, Greg, I was thinking, in my counseling practice, often what I'll hear is the opposite of this. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, and therefore my spouse has all these great experiences right. as a Christian. And so it really is, I encourage you, Faith, reflect on what was good about your mm-hmm. family and your upbringing. Yeah. What is it that you walked away? What gifts did you walk away with from your family of origin? Because so often when we're comparing and looking at someone else and what they had, and we are looking at our experience, what we didn't have. You know, you may have heard the term that comparison is the stealer of joy. And so, you know, it's really focusing in on, okay, what is the desire of my heart? What is it that I see in my husband's life that I am longing for, that my heart desires? But also, what is it that was great about what I experienced growing up? Because there's gifts that you've been given there too. Right. That, that's so true. And the more that we can have a balanced view of going, well, I missed out on this. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to be jealous of other people that got that. But boy, look, look what I had mm-hmm. and the benefits and the treasures from growing up. But then whatever it is that you discover that your heart is longing for, that desire, how can you create that in your current right. situation? You know, what? maybe it's adventure that you, you feel like you missed out on. How can you create adventure um, today? Adventure that isn't costing you your integrity, and you can get that need met in a righteous manner is what I always say is the key. And so what is it that that longing in your heart is? Discover that and then take proactive steps toward experiencing whatever that longing is. I love that. So you're you're saying, hey, write your own new adventure stories. So maybe what would that look like? Together with your husband, what what, what are some adventures that you want to go on together? Pick some of your girlfriends 
it would be a blast to go on a girls' trip, and what would that adventure look mm-hmm. like? And if you have children, you know, what what, what can we do as a family mm-hmm. to to have some of those adventures that you long for? And I always use the the phrase, "It's never too late to write a new history." Yeah. And so, what is it that you want your future? To look like it may involve this just came to me as I was talking that there may be some grief that needs to be addressed. Hmm. You know, the loss that I didn't get what my heart was longing for back here as a child. So, how would she do that? Like, practically, yeah, just acknowledging and letting your heart be sad. It, you know, so often we'll acknowledge death as a loss, but what about the death of a dream Hmm. from childhood? You know, I, I maybe even as a child, I longed for adventure and I was in this structure of a Christian home and that wasn't accepted. What did that cost me? Um, What did that feel like? How can you, as the adult, talk to that child inside of you? And comfort her that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve that you didn't get that as a child. But now as the parent, as the adult, we can really look at how do I accommodate that yeah. in my in my present Write reality. A new adventure story. Yes. You know, one of the things, Aaron, that you and I do that I, I, I love, we'll do this on a date or as we're driving the car, is we're always updating sort of the bucket list. Mm-hmm you know, that we, we each have. So you, you know the bucket list idea. What what are some things that I want to do in my life mm-hmm. before I kick the bucket, so mm-hmm. before I die? And we just have fun mm-hmm. dreaming, thinking, talking. We're not evaluating, you know, can we actually do that? Right. We just really love doing that. So, Faith, we just would encourage you, sit down with your husband, and you guys just dream mm-hmm. and talk about bucket list items and just have a blast and identify some of those. Because I know... I I know Aaron's bucket list. I keep them on the notes in my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm looking at those every so often going, oh, she wanted to do this. And how could I help that come mm-hmm. true? And I imagine your husband would have that same heart and desire to see those things that you long for really take place. Well, thanks to Faith for your question. And look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. And remember, you can remain anonymous. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope this episode encouraged you as you and your spouse work on showing the fruit of the Spirit together. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. You know, we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a satisfying and long-lasting marriage. We want to see you grow spiritually as individuals and as a couple so that you can turn around and help another couple invest in their relationship to help them build a thriving marriage. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. 
Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.